Round one, fight. Heroes never die. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite store on the Citadel. <laughs> I used to be an adventurer like you. Then I took an arrow in the knee. Power, sex, sex, power. They both come down to one thing. Hungry Gamers. Hello, 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 and welcome, boys and girls, to the 264th episode of the Hungry Gamers podcast. We're powered by Epic.net and those sexy legends over at Audio Technica. I'm your extremely humble host, Brendan White. You can find me just about everywhere at Brendan 8 Bit. And joining me today, the Cortana to my Master Chief, the Jinx to my Vi, my podcast writer die. You can find her on them socials at Miss Ellie Hart. Miss Ellie Hart, how the bloody hell are you doing? doing good doing good i actually actually have to ask a cross-country cross-world uh question of food related mm-hmm. um uh, now doritos right yes when the i remember eating the very rare case when i would eat doritos in australia like i know there's the whole notion that like you get you know dorito crumb on your finger right like the the little powder yep yep it's a rite of passage, I would say, with good chippies. I assume so. But I don't recall it being as bad because I've just recently e- eaten Doritos because my husband's playing Call of Duty, so we obviously need to buy as many Doritos now so he can get the double XP. Um, so I've started <laughs> eating Doritos. Also, Cool Ranch. I get it. I get the hype. Um, yeah, they're good. They're really they're good. good. <laughs> um, so, But I'm eating like just nacho cheese Doritos. And I couldn't help but notice, but in America, it is really bad. Like... Like, I look like I fingered, like, Garfield. It is really, really bad. <laughs> and I'm like, it wasn't this bad in Australia. I om- I'm almost certain it wasn't this bad in Australia. Like, One like, minute. Like a light dusting, I'm oh almost my God. certain. But, like. You've broken me. Poor Garfield. It's doused. It is Poor really Chris bad. Pratt. Oh, come on. Don't get started on that. But, it, like. It's not that bad in Australian Doritos, right? It, it's really not. Like I think, I think America, as as they've been known for for their snacks, they uh, like to lean into excess. So mm. I'm assuming there's a lot more cheese powder or flavor powder applied Definitely. to those corn chips because I had some some Doritos the other day, Cheese Supreme, which are great. That's the cool one ranch I like. are phenomenal. But they're hard to find over here. You don't find many Cool Ranch. You usually get them at the, like, the specialist shops because it's not a staple flavor here in the AU. It's everywhere here. Which sucks. But, uh, yeah, Cheese Supreme, that's, that's my go-to. And you get, a, you get a little bit of residue. Yeah. Maybe it looks like you patted Garfield, not fingered him so much. Yeah. Like, you know? Yeah. Just gave him a little pat as he walked past you and purred. Yeah. But, yeah, it's... um. It's nowhere near as rampant as the as the residue you get in America where it lo- almost looks like anyone that's, like, made it, like... Uh, made homemade chicken schnitzels before, that's and you get the breadcrumb exactly fingers. Exactly it. That is it. like I was. I, that's a great reference. I'm not too sure how many people know that reference, but yes, it's exactly like that. It's that thick, caked-on layer. It's really yeah. bad. It is really looks bad. like you just got giant like fingertip gloves. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just breadcrumb and oh, egg and milk. Fucking thimbles. Yeah, yeah, but no. So we we don't get the big yeah thimble. That's a good word. We don't get like thimble coatings of of chip residue over here yeah 
Yeah. But yeah, in America, they just love that extra flavor. And you know, you're not going to complain about it. It's just you're going to be a little I'm bit going messy, to. It's like, it's really hard to navigate. Like, especially like now I get the jokes and everything about like controllers and keyboards and everything being covered in like orange. It's like, first of all, wash your hands. Second of all, like it True. is, it's just like, it is like just on there, like paper mache. It's crazy. So I just I and I like I just had to confirm with my husband. I'm like, this is bad. And he's like, I'm almost certain it wasn't this bad in Australia. So no, can confirm. Can confirm. It's it's nowhere near as bad here as over there. Like, we still got good tasty chips. They just don't. Uh, yeah, they don't thimbleize your fingers. Mm, one might say. Shame. <clears throat> now I'm thinking about chips, and it's only it's twenty to ten in the morning, and I already want some Doritos. I got some Doritos in the cupboard actually, and some French onion dip. So I might partake in that a bit later when maybe we're uh roaming roaming the galaxy as uh wannabe spartans oh. because we've both been dabbling in the sneaky gorilla drop this past oh week goodness, coinciding yeah. with the big 20th anniversary for for xbox microsoft and 343 studios have decided we're gonna drop the halo infinite multiplayer right now unannounced all not well yeah unannounced rumored you know it was rumored, swirling yeah swirling on the internets but boom it's out everyone is playing it everyone is loving it you're playing it miss hart first experience with halo baby's first halo are enjoying it right i am absolutely having a blast it was so like i thought i was cursed right because i heard about the multiplayer um i was there watching the event and ready to download like install it as soon as they kind of let it live um installed it and I like I installed it on the Xbox PC Game Pass app um, mm. and ran into frame rate issues like really, really bad. And I was not having fun like and I just thought it was the game. I just thought it ran really like like the aiming and everything like that was really choppy and slow and kind of rigid. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, this kind of sucks. And then I'm like, I watched people stream it. And I'm like, oh, no, mine ain't right. So tried to fix it, tried to figure it out, changed all the settings, changed to window, changed resolution, turned off everything to low settings and nothing would work. So it was only after scouring the internet, it was decided that the next option was to install it on Steam and then just get rid of like a 4K like HD graphics kind of like companion that you could turn off and mm-hmm. then it was working. It was like butter. It was amazing. And so, yeah, baby's first Halo, and this is amazing. I get it. Like, I get why multiplayer is a big deal and why everyone was super excited for it. It's just go, 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 go. It's blasts. It's grenade throwing. The melee is so satisfying, just like like in people's faces and just almost one-shotting them with a melee. I, yeah, I'm absolutely having a blast. And the, the return of uh, Capture the Flag in my life and online multiplayer has just made me so damn happy. I just, I can't get enough. I dreamt about it. I was thinking about it all day. <laughs> I can't wait to play it pretty much after the podcast. And it's been so good. It's so good. And and as you said, like, it is silky smooth. Like, graphically looks stunning. The environments look great. The character models, just the little attention to detail for these sort of nothing moments that 343 have focused on, like 
before the match and it introduces your your fire team members and it does the little animation where <laughs> you and your other three squad members are you doing certain poses and whatever else and then it transitions straight into your helmet yes it's such a smart sneaky way to just get you straight into the game and just keep you hooked and keep you caring about like what you're doing and what you uh, what your you know squad mates are doing all the armor sets and the customization is great obviously there's a battle pass that you can work your way through as well to unlock different different pieces of armor and different uh you know color patterns you can go with and what have you so they've thought about this in great great detail like they're already outlining you know the the esports series that is going to accompany this and they've got you know specific esports clans in there that you can support and buy their their sort of um you know color packs and Mm. their emblems and emblems and insignia and things so they've deployed this game very 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 cleverly like one the fact that it doesn't cost you nothing so you know you're winning there straight away two the fact that they've already outlined here's here's where we're going as far as support here's the modes that are coming out and also even though they are classifying it as sort of a beta in air quotes still yeah the game like it feels like a full release like there are so many modes Obviously, not a ton of maps at the moment, but that's fine. Okay, good. But there's <laughs> so many modes, so many modes. You know, your, your classical um, TDM type of modes. Mm. You've got, yeah, as you said, capture the flag. You've got sort of the the, the griff ball, skull ball type of one in mm. there. You've got the, you know, where you've got to steal the enemy's power resources to charge up your base. Oh, yeah. You've got smaller 4v4 squads. Then you've got the larger 12v12 uh, big team games. Mm. And then... Accompanying all that, obviously, the the larger the scale of the map, the more chaos that ensues on all said map. <laughs> all the smaller, but then also the vehicles that they're throwing oh. in there too. Like you got people flying around and warthogs and banshees and the the big like bladed big wheel motorcycle thing and you know the <laughs> tanks and and it is just absolutely. <laughs> mad on that battlefield sometimes with some of the things you're witnessing like you've been a firefight across the map and all of a sudden someone's going to fly past you and snipe you out of the air and then you'll see someone jump onto that vehicle and like uh, throw them out of that vehicle and take it over and it's just it's insane some of the 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 moments that you witness and experience in uh in the infinite multiplayer there's been some great moments and just absolute hysterics playing like even like the other day when the other night when we played and like just the, the the few moments where I jumped in whatever that hovercraft thing was, and I slowly like drove over a cliff <laughs> that was so good. to kill the guy that was like attacking you, but I, it was purely accidental. And then there's um also like because my husband was playing with us, and he has a video of you just coming and running out of nowhere with the hammer and just smashing yes, yeah. a vehicle and destroying everything is so many good moments it's so chaotic and i've got to say like i know for some people like getting good and being the best is like such a major priority um but even in the back of like my mind although i know i'm not as great as the you know even the most mediocre player there's still something um pretty rewarding playing this game like I, I don't necessarily feel like I'm terrible at it, so I don't know if it's just because the game is a little bit more friendly to you know all players, or if maybe something about the way it plays is just more to my style. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's feeling like pretty rewarding and really enjoyable. The only non-enjoyable thing, and I know that they said that they're going to address it, is the like the payout of like going up levels, like. 
I would have amazing rounds, amazing matches, like leading the board and earning so many medals and then going back to the screen and seeing that the little like level up bar just barely moved. And I'm like, really? Yeah, All that? The, the way they've <laughs> the way they've broken out the the XP to to level up that battle pass is a bit weird. It's but rough. I saw they've confirmed that they're gonna implement in the coming days, hopefully, touch wood. Uh, they're gonna have like even if you any, any game you play, you'll get some XP. So you're gonna get one for standalone single games, and then they're gonna make it a little bit more accessible. Because I'm with you, like you have these god tier rounds, and then you get like 300 XP, and you're like, I didn't even move up a, a level on the battle pass right now after doing all this damage or earning all these points. So yeah, once once they sort of open that funnel up a little bit more, and uh, allow it to flow a little bit more freely it's going to be good because there's so many cool pieces of armor that i want and it's at such a high level on the battle pass it is and like i haven't bought into the battle pass or the premium battle pass and i'm not seeing any rewards to be honest um and although right now i don't necessarily feel like i deserve it i'm i am worried that maybe yeah that kind of that feeling of like I'm doing good. What am I getting for it? Kind of thing in the end. And I want to look cool on the field or I want to look, you know, I want to kind of stand out a little bit. So that's about the probably the only um, negative that I could bring to this mm. game because I'm just having an absolute blast. Um, as I mentioned um, on my social media is that I'm getting um, Unreal Tournament vibes. And it's, it's actually just been very nostalgic for me and reminding me of my youth and just loading up Unreal Tournament and just playing that on hours and hours on end and just having like an epic playlist of music in the background and just just churning through matches and going getting up to shenanigans. It's It's been really, really good. So I'm, I'm glad that my, when I finally have played a Halo and it's been great. So And, and the cool thing sort of is that obviously there's people that are starting to now release a bit of early coverage on the single player campaign yes. and everyone is saying you know it's freaking awesome I've, I've seen one or two outliers that are like man whatever but for the most part everyone's like this is awesome this is how halo should be this is well worth the wait this is why games you know you shouldn't get upset when they get delayed because this is what happens so i'm yeah. very excited come um you know early-ish december to get a taste of that single player experience in this big open world that they're building on it did you see that there was an easter egg of the original model that everyone saw and kind of criticized if they've placed it into the map it's so great it's so, <laughs> so great funny. like they've done really really well obviously just the fact that they stealth release this thing out of nowhere to give people something to get excited about leading up to the full release the fact that it's free is still huge for me obviously you can you can pay your way into some battle pass levels and buy certain skins but th this feels so good it's so polished it looks great i love like what you touched on as far as chasing kills and, and being at the top of the leaderboard is one thing but there's so many other things you can do you can be a support where you're making sure that the flag bearer is is making their way to the base unimpeded you know giving them cover fire or you could be the flag bearer and running it back mm -hmm. or you could be cruising around um in in a in a vehicle causing chaos or you could be up on a hill sniping like there's so many different ways to play this game and there's so many weapons so many and so many of the weapons that i don't even understand how to use properly like there's a few <laughs> weapons that they're probably good to use in, in capable hands, but in mine, I'm just like, it feels like I'm just throwing rocks at people a few times and I'm like just dead. And I'm like, oh, fuck, okay. But yeah, there's so many ways to kill your opponent, 
cause chaos, mm. get amongst the ruckusness and just have these awesome moments and experiences, especially if you're playing with friends, like just the the banter back and forth. And then, yeah, seeing that, that moment where you just rolled out of bed in that vehicle, like off the top of that, like, side of the building to give me cover as I was running with the flag and you're just like, yeah, I guess I'll help. And I just see this vehicle just slowly fall down in behind me and save my ass, kill the enemy and allow me to just slowly keep running with the flag as you just like putter off into the distance again in that vehicle was just so comedically perfect. I was in stitches and so are you and it was the best. To be honest, if you anyone sees me in a vehicle in Halo, run away. I haven't figured that shit out yet. I don't know how to get out of the vehicle. <laughs> every so every time so of me being in a vehicle ends is someone threw me out of the vehicle or I just drove off a cliff because I still didn't figure it out. So, But it's, it's great. I love it. I love it so yeah. much. Yeah, and, and the fact that obviously you can have squads of four or you can have squads of 12. So you can mm. have big parties of friends playing with you and just enjoying and embracing this chaos. They already have custom matches. Yeah, you can do your custom matches, which is awesome that they've rolled that in from the jump too. Yeah, usually that's always something that um, games kind of brings in later on. Like first they kind of get the beta out, then they kind of get more of a polished round of like multiplayer. Just, you know, you can team up with friends. But just to actually on like, well not launch, but you know, right now have accessible uh, custom matches is pretty, pretty unique. Yeah, it's, it's so good. And it just feels great. Like... It's going to be, for anyone that's never played a Halo or hasn't played it in a good long time, there will be an adjustment period as far as if you're used to playing your Battlefields and your CODs and things. Like, yeah. it is a step slot. Like, it's floatier. Obviously, you're spongier because you're a Spartan and you've got these overshields. So, you, the enemies and you take more punishment. So, there is no the kills jump. aren't going to be coming as quickly. <laughs> and then also, most of the guns, there's no ADS. You know, there's no aim down mm. sights. It's just aiming and sort of strafing and, and, and hoping for the best with the shots. So there is some minor changes from, from other FPSs that people are used to, but it's it's good because it feels so different to some of the, like to the CODs and Apex and things even. Like it's it's just its own thing. And it's awesome to see, you know, 20 years on evolved into this, you know, cliched, you know, Halo combat evolved as it was called back then. You know, it feels like this is the next Halo evolution and it feels so good. Yeah. What a fantastic experience. Fantastic experience. Speaking of fantastic experiences, I went and watched Dune at the cinemas. Oh, did you? This week. Yeah. Went to the uh, the Melbourne premiere of that. Was very fortunate enough to get invited to that. And um, holy guacamole, was this a visual feast. It was absolutely stunning on this big giant-ass screen right in front of my eyes. Uh, Denis Villeneuve, who is the, the director of this film, who is... Marking his his sort of name down as was one of I guess the sci-fi savants of, of our era. You know, did Blade Runner, did Arrival, mm-hmm. also did Prisoners, which is a movie I adore, which is very heavy and dread-inducing, but also great. But um, it was so good. It was it's a bit of a slow burn as far as the pacing goes. So if you're looking for frantic sci-fi, two and a half hours of sort of slow burn storytelling and, and character development and just gorgeous gorgeous um scenic shots uh is what you're going to get you're not going to get crazy space battles from opening credits to closing there is some cool combat and some cool set pieces but it's more about that that plot development and, and sort of fleshing out this world obviously they've already now since confirmed part two is going to be mm-hmm. becoming in the near future as well but my god this movie was great i've read the book i've watched the original movie 
original movie is a trip from the 80s but um <laughs> yeah it hits on hits on a lot of the beats from the book really well covers off a lot of things doesn't cover off on a on a ton to be honest like oh. it feels like they could make this into a trilogy to probably cover off more in the book if they wanted to but oh. what we got in that uh two and a half hours was one of the favorite movies i've watched this year i feel like it definitely should be something i should see on a bigger screen there just just seems to be a lot of pieces in that you see in the at least in the trailer um where it just looks absolutely spectacular. So kind of sitting on the fence. Actually, I think it's been removed now from streaming services here. So now you have to like kind of pay or whatever. Um, so I like, it's just how long it is. And I know that's always the funny kind of debate, but three SVU episodes. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Um, yeah, I feel like I have to see it. It feels like it's kind of one of those movies I have to see. Jason Momoa was in it. Um, yeah. Yeah, the cast is so good. It looks like a pretty it's good cast. So good. I'm I'm still on the fence about this Timothy Shamalan. Shamalay. Everyone loves him. Yeah, like everyone loves him, but I I don't know what I've seen him in. Yeah, I can't remember him in in much to be honest. I've just seen him more so yeah on people just swooning that's over him ex- on the yeah, internet like me. with his like, with his ridiculous jawline and cheekbones oh, like he's he's a handsome little fella like he's he's a young dude but he's a good looking rooster like the cast there's some some very uh attractive cast members obviously you've got like yeah jason momoa <laughs> uh you've got oscar isaac oh yeah uh, with his with his sort of silver foxy uh leadership look he's got going on you've got zendaya in there um, you've got Josh Brolin, if you like a bit of gr- grizzled old toughness and, you know, the cast goes on and on. It's, it's, it's really impressive who they've got on screen here. And it's just, it's just such a feast. Like, as I said, it's stunning, this movie. It is such a gorgeous thing to just soak in so many real world locations that they've shot this in, which I love. Like, obviously there's some green screen work here and there too, but a lot of this was shot on location in, in various parts of the world. And it's just gorgeous. Mm. Uh, I don't know. I'm sure. Give it a peek. Yeah, I'll have but to it's a long it. peek, Miss Hart. That's the thing. Mm. A lot in. of popcorn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was good. Free popcorn at this is this viewing, so we loaded up. Oh. Had so many popcorns. Nice popcorns. Is that it? Is that the pluralized popkai? Hey, plural <laughs> popkai. <laughs> but it was so good. It was so good. And um, something else is good. I binged the first season of uh, Jujutsu Kaisen. Which is a it's 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 a manga and a an, an anime series now. Only one season out. It's uh it's it's cool. It's got a really cool art style to it. Like there's a there's a group of people that are known as sorcerers and they're out killing demons that are known as curses. So there's like cursed creatures and cursed people that can then summon certain abilities. So it's sort of like a you're following this group that is is just tasked with killing these these curses around the, the globe a lot of cool a lot of cool fight sequences a lot of varied combat and really funny tone like there's some comedic moments but it's dark it's heavy it's gory it's violent and it's it's that mix of all those things that i really love in an anime so um yeah binge that now i'm just like fuck i've got no more of that to watch and then a few other shows i was watching also i was binging that are currently getting syndicated and then I got up to like five episodes to go on one and all the English dubs aren't complete for the final five episodes. Ooh. So I've gone English, like 18 episodes and now I've got five to go or whatever. And then they're in Japanese. I'm like, God damn it. What do I do? Do I wait or do I just you watch them with wait. the sub? There's no way that you can get involved in a story and then just have the characters be completely different. 
Yeah, super annoying, super annoying. And then the other one that uh, you and I have both peaked is the uh, the League of Legends Arcane yes. animated series on Netflix. So you've cracked the first three episodes, you yeah, said, right? That's right, first three. Yeah, and I've watched the, the, the current six that are out. At time of recording, the final three come out at some stage today. So there's nine episodes in this season. It's funny, we were talking offline, but I said I loved the the art style and the animation you did not no it makes me uncomfortable like i just <laughs> <laughs> there's something something about it and there's something very inconsistent about it um like um i i got to- told why they went with that art style apparently it's very identical to how the players avatars look in game or something it's a very similar art style to something in game but just for me it's just it's off it's like it's like kind of borderlands but isn't it's there's like moments where they don't commit to the art style and then they switch it up to something else. And yeah, but like it didn't take away too much from me enjoying the overall story. Um, mm-hmm. I I was a bit like, I, I ruined it for myself because I was trying to figure out, like, I'm like, now I wonder who's main characters, like who actually is going to live through this and who's important and who's who. So I think I kind of ruined it for myself by trying to, figure that out while watching it but um mm. yeah overall like i, I get you. it's it's a good story it's pretty enjoyable to watch it, it is a good story and it gets even better in that sort of second block of three episodes where there's there's a bit of a minor time jump but it continues the the story along from those first three the characters that you meet along the way they get fleshed out a lot a little bit more you know the stakes obviously raise in in certain directions depending on which i guess side you're rooting for and mm. it's kind of cool like I know we're no League of Legends lore purists by any means, no. so there's probably a lot of fan service that's it's at the very least a lot of it's missed on me because it's probably little Easter eggs thrown throughout this whole thing that I'm just completely oblivious to. But like there is characters that pop up I'm like, oh yeah, I remember that person. I remember getting ganked in a lane by that son of a bitch or whatever else. Like, but it's it's really cool and and I I dug the art style. Like, I like that it has sort of had that watercolory aesthetic to it as far as how it was how the, the sort of colors were thrown around. Um, the world itself, it reminded me a lot of Bioshock Infinite yeah. as far as the location where it was set. Obviously, I don't know if that's people from, from League of Legends fandom turning their nose up, me comparing it to a game like well, that. Well, actually. That's, that's the world. That's the world it was. But the characters are great. The voice acting was really good. Oh, Some voice good acting was moments. really good, actually, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I'm excited. Like, if they want to make more seasons of this, focusing on other characters from this world i'm i'm down like i'm really impressed with with what they've done uh, i know i know riot have uh been very divisive over the years with things they have and haven't done in various aspects of their business but if they want to do more of this um i'm, I'm keen i'll be watching it that's for sure yeah i'd like to see um actually this is a pretty good way to get me into league of legends if you give me a character i care about enough that that could get me more interested in league of legends uh, but at this I just stage, heard NATO's ears prick up from across the country right now. Like, oh, my league senses are tingling. What did Ellie just say? Uh, <laughs> but um, I think it's a good. I think what they've done here is pretty good for obviously people who are either I know about League, but I don't know enough. I'm a big League fan, or I know nothing about League of Legends. I just turned on this thing that's called Arcane. So I think they've done well to kind of keep it uh, palatable for everyone. Yeah, I'm certainly that first description you said. I know about League, but don't know enough. And now I feel I know more about a few characters mm. and I'm intrigued by this universe and the storytelling because 
I, I like games that will give me the story as I play. Like, obviously, you don't get that too much in a MOBA, but I don't want to have to go digging and rooting through and watching watching things here or there or reading books. I'm like, let the story unfold as I experience it. So it's nice to get it in this to then maybe get a bit more of attachment to the game. I think it's great. Like, I think we definitely... I think they maybe oh, I don't know, but like I think they kind of missed that wagon where we kind of saw it more, um, especially with like Overwatch when they started releasing these characters with like backstories and they provided them with comics, cartoons, animatics, and there was this whole like story that was going on for a game where everyone just runs in and kills each other. And then we also see it with Apex as well, where Apex has all these like stories and animated um, features. Oh, see Apex, it like Lee can do it, Apex can do it. Um, oh, yeah, I'd watch an Apex I'd watch show. An Apex I'd, show. Well, I'd watch an Overwatch. Mm. Would I watch an Overwatch show as much now with everything going on mm. over there? Maybe. Mm. Maybe. But, um, yeah, like, so I like that maybe League isn't really now taking mm. that opportunity to kind of flesh out some lore out there for, you know, an animated experience. Yeah. Really, really enjoyable so far, though. It's It's been a good uh, good little palate cleanser. Mm. Yeah, excited, excited to watch the final three episodes this weekend. Not to binge it. But, um, yeah, quick bit of housekeeping before we jump into the news. Obviously, the voting lines are still open for the 2021 biddies. So head on over to apit.net forward slash win and submit your responses to go into the draw to win over $1,500 worth of goodies from us and Audio Technica. And also... Uh, head on over to at we are 8 bit on them socials and find the post or the tweet, I should say, regarding Festivus because we've got Festivus coming up in the next couple of weeks as well. And we want to get your video game grievances. We want to have them aired on that episode. So uh, be sure to jump on over and submit those responses too. And we're giving away some extra swagger for people that want to enter and get their grievances uh, established on there. So we'll, we'll share that out again as well. Got a couple of weeks before that episode gets recorded. And also, if you don't want to write those responses in, you want to have them um, aired via some type of audio format, you can record that and just send that soundbite over to hello at 8bit.net on the email because we will bake them into the episode as well. But Miss Hart, shall we get into some news? Let's do it. This week's news headlines. All right, the first quick hitter. Henry Cavill has thrown his support behind The Witcher showrunner Lauren Schmidt-Hishrich's seven-season plan for the widely popular Netflix series. Speaking to The Hollywood Reporter for a recent feature, Cavill suggested that he would be up for reprising his role as Geralt of Rivia for seven seasons if the show keeps going, though he did have one stipulation. Absolutely, Cavill said in, in regards to supporting Hishrich's vision, as long as we can keep telling great stories which honour author Andrzej Sapkowski's work. So, Miss Hart, mm. seven, seven seasons of The Witcher might be coming our way. How do you feel about this? Are you down for... Uh, obviously, we've got the second season dropping in the next four-ish weeks. Are you excited for another five more after that? Uh, I mean, like, The Witcher first season was good, and I'm, I haven't been... I wouldn't say I've been, like, you know edging for like the second season or anything like that but i think the real question is is like am i just happy to see henry cavill with long hair and possibly shirtless for seven seasons worth and yeah 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 <laughs> me too actually he's a good looking rooster he really is so yeah, that, yeah that's that's the that's the news i took from that and yes i support yeah. it thumbs up <laughs> more uh suggestive nudity let's go let's go <laughs> Yeah, but um, yeah, there's there's a, like there's a lot of source material there. Like like uh, Sapkowski wrote many a book in this universe, mm. so they could certainly make it a thing. 
and it doesn't always necessarily have to focus on Geralt for this entire seven mm. season arc, maybe. Maybe it should, though. I know he's the catalyst, yep. but some good casting or maybe, you know, focusing more on Siri or on Triss mm. or on Yen. Mm. You know, there, there's ways they can go. <laughs> You're like, no, I just I just want shirtless Cavill. That's all I'm interested no, in. There was a, the, all the other characters had some great things in there as well. So, like, um, I like that um, Henry also, like, kind of put that little stipulation in there as, like, you know, I'm happy to do it as long as we stay, like, loyal to the works, you know, the author and stuff, which is good because that's kind of him putting his foot down saying, like, if you try any of that tricky shit in here, I'm not up yeah. for it. So, yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, no, definitely. And I'm, I'm sure Sapkowski would be very happy about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know what sort of stake he's gotten paid from from Netflix for the books. I know he got sort of stooged, well, not stooged, he agreed to the to, to the contract with um, with Project Red regarding the games where he, you know, paid a, a smaller sum than uh, I guess he anticipated because the games blew up so much. But uh, yeah, he'd be getting his pound of flesh from, from all these uh, broadcasting rights. That's for damn sure. Um, in some sadder news, uh, Volition has announced that Saints Row has been delayed by six months. It will now release on August the 23rd instead of its February 25th release date. The team has said that the game would now have um, would not have been released up to the standards of the studio if released in February and that the team needed more time to deliver its vision. Fair enough. Probably good too. February is a yeah. busy month, so... Yeah. It's a murderer's row of games, so it's <laughs> smart to get Saints Row into its own little time slot there in August. Mm. So, yeah. And, you know, like we talked about earlier regarding the the delays with Halo and that the delay was necessary to make this thing come out of the oven hot and tasty and fresh. And we don't want to get broken games coming out. Like, you see the discourse. Look, we don't have it in the, in the agenda right now, but the reviews and the negative press and just the half-baked GTA trilogy that that's been released the past week like have you seen oh. some of the screenshots and how oh busted ass that game yes, is yes it's it's looking bad i thought you were going to talk about battlefield <laughs> oh that too that's that's been getting flogged with a stick as well yeah. and we talked about that we we're like roll it into the new year away from cod and now away from halo yes yes it was the best discussion of like oh i wonder whose idea it was to drop halo um you know multiplayer for free on on monday and i said whoever someone who hates battlefield clearly. yeah yeah like it's it's like obviously these three big fps pillars have all dropped within the span of like two-ish weeks yes. of one another and it seems the vast majority of people on the internet are talking about Halo. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not seeing a ton of Vanguard chatter, nope. and I'm seeing even less Battlefield chatter outside of this Positive game's broken Battlefield and needs more time. Yeah. Positive Battlefield chatter is not what we're seeing. Yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting. The game that can't come out free is better than the two that you're going to be paying a hundo bucks for. Yeah. So go figure. Yeah. <sighs> but yeah, best of luck to Volition. And I'm excited for Saints Row, and I'm happy that I just need to wait a little longer because, yeah, February is going to be hell in a good way. There's so many games and, and things coming out in Feb, but it's nice to know there's one less on the docket we've got to try there's and There's two juggle. now, right? There was another one that kind of took itself out of the February. I can't remember who. It's a big one for me because Destiny comes out in February. Um, mm-hmm. So the less, the yeah. better. Plenty of things. Plenty of things. Uh, the next bit of news. Excuse me. 
CD Projekt Red has clarified that the studio currently has no plan to bring the game to Xbox Game Pass, and that is obviously in reference to Cyberpunk 2077, despite rumors suggesting that it might be on its way to the subscription service. Um, and this is what Grabkowski from uh, CDPR says. He goes, I just thought I'll chime in and say that there are no Game Pass plans for Cyberpunk 2077. So uh, he's nipped that in the bud pretty quickly. Yeah. It would make sense to try and get this game on a service like that to maybe get a bit of uh, you know positive press and, and get it in uh, a lot more people's hands now that it is a lot less broken and less buggy. Obviously, we still don't have the next-gen update until sometime in 2022, which I still find hilarious. But uh, sadly, we've got to wait a little longer for it to drop onto a subscription service. Do you think it's inevitable? Do you think it's coming? Like it will, it, like it, it has to, because um, they've obviously already invested time, money, and stuff into it. So, I like I think having it on Game Pass would have been a plus, but I don't think I think they're gonna try and make as much money as they can off it. So, mm. yeah. I could see them maybe if it does go to Game Pass, maybe it coincides with the release of that next gen update. Maybe it's oh. on Game Pass as of today with the update, so it's fully singing the right tune and it's looking fantastic on the xbox platform and probably then going to be obviously playable on xcloud and so on and so forth so maybe maybe we'll see it on game pass next year whenever that patch drops yeah maybe maybe. i don't know some some news circling back to what we talked about at the jump here so halo infinite won't be getting a co-op option for campaign mode until may of 2022 at the earliest and forge mode will be even further down the line 343 head of creative Joseph Staten confirmed that the game's extension of Halo Infinite Season 1 means the two much-requested features have been delayed. This is fine. I like that they're, they've been very transparent as far yeah. as when things are coming out. You know, we've got the multiplayer to see us through now. We're going to get the single-player campaign mode at day one release next month. And then five-ish, six-ish months down the line, we'll be able to play that campaign mode in co-op, which is going to be awesome. But... We're going to have plenty to do between now and then. Yeah, Halo, that's for sure. I agree. Yeah. I, I remember when we first kind of reported that uh, when they said that they were only going to be able to kind of launch the um, multiplayer and just standalone single co-op. I know that for us, we were like, yeah, that makes sense. Split it up, get one good and then release the other stuff later. But it turns out, no, not everyone felt that way. And a lot of people were kind of disappointed that they weren't going to be able to do uh, the, the co-op um kind of like campaign yeah the co-op <laughs> campaign element so you know it, 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 it does bother some people i wanted to do the campaign in co-op so but may <laughs> yeah got plenty to plenty to play between now and then if you wanted to wait out and have your first experience as it, as it being co-op yeah who knows i might be a pro halo player by then who knows yeah <laughs> could be picked up by one of these uh these teams and uh go pro yeah Giddy up. Okay, the next bit of news. It's faced several leaks, but Warner Bros. weird Smash Brothers fighting game Multiverses has finally been revealed and it'll be free to play when it releases in 2022 on PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X, Xbox One, and PC. It'll also have cross-console support and progression, which I like. The game will have a four-player free-for-all, 2v2 matches, as well as 1v1 matches. And it's previously rumoured will feature an all-star cast of characters, including 
Shaggy from Scooby-Doo, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Harley Quinn, Arya Stark from Game of Thrones, Steven Universe, Garnett from Steven Universe, Tom and Jerry, Finn from Adventure Time, Jake from Adventure Time, Bugs Bunny, a new character named Rain Dog, and much more characters to be announced. So it's a quirky Warner Brothers, Smash Bros direct competitor mm. um i like the one thing that i did notice like i watched the little dev video and the announcement video on this and they've got a lot of um og voice talent on this like that is that is um yeah. voice batman in the animated series uh matthew lillard, lillard yeah who voices oh plays shaggy in the the most recent scooby-doo movies is voicing him in this the mix of characters, especially seeing Arya Stark yeah, popping in here. Yeah, that one weird, yeah. But it looked fun. Like, I'm not a Smash purist. I don't play many of these games outside of, you know, a social one here or there. But it looks it looks interesting. I like that there's the cross-console support and progression. So you can drop in and drop out um, depending on the platform you want to play on, which is cool. Um, I, I didn't mention um, cross-play, though, from what I could see. Mm. So you, your save will carry from platform to platform, but you might not be able to play Xbox and PC and, and PlayStation all together. But yeah, Miss Hart, what do you think about this? All these characters are cartoons or animated except for Arya Stark. Like, what the hell? Um, yeah. I don't know because we witnessed, what was it called? The Nickelodeon All-Stars one that they kind of released. Oh, yeah. Um, that fizzled right like i haven't heard anything about that so i did are they just gonna is it just gonna get the same kind of fanfare because i don't know who's asking for this sort of stuff all i want to do is beat the shit out of batman with shaggy um (laughs) it's it's weird like i think you nailed it right there like no one's asking for this people will pick it up at launch and play it and probably have some funny moments yeah where where shaggy is is dropping the hammer on on batman or or whatever crazy crazy fight sequence that plays out but the longevity is going to be the key is there going to be a a community that's going to rise to support this game long term and embrace it like the fact that it's free to play as well like if this doesn't establish a fan base fairly early is that mean they're going to drop it fairly quickly because they're not making money outside of the this slew of uh, skins that you can buy for these characters. They, they were pretty heavy to lean into that because obviously got to make money somehow. Yeah. But it's interesting. We're, we've, we're getting a lot of these uh, Smash-esque games. As you mentioned, the, the Nickelodeon... Excuse me, the Nickelodeon title. We've got now Multiverses. Who knows? Maybe we're going to get another one from somewhere. A, a Microsoft-oriented one, like an Xbox one. I don't know. Are we going to see a return of PlayStation All-Stars? Who knows, knows? Miss Hart? Who knows? Yeah. Mm. But to a more proven brand in this genre, uh, new Super Smash Bros. tournaments could heal rift between pros and Nintendo. In a community-shaking move, Nintendo is partnering with Panda Global for the first officially licensed series of Super Smash Bros. e-tournaments in North America. Nintendo is not only supporting official Smash Bros. tournaments, but events for the GameCube fan-favorite Super Smash Bros. merely as well. Nintendo of America announced the new Smash Bros. tournament series earlier this week. 
In a tweet, the company said, Ready your A-game, Super Smash Bros. competitors. We've partnered with Panda Global to launch the first officially licensed Super Smash Bros. championship circuit in North America coming in 2022. In a press release, Nintendo Senior Director of Product Marketing Bill Treenan called the partnership with Panda Global the next step in Nintendo's efforts to create a more consistent, fun, and welcoming competitive environment for players and fans. To course, the Smash Bros. relationship with Nintendo shaky would be an understatement. Professional players who devote their lives and careers to being the best at Smash have often been at odds with Nintendo over the years, making this announcement a huge step to healing those wounds. The most famous example is back in 2013 when Nintendo attempted to shut down Melee from appearing at Evo. When that failed, Nintendo tried to block live streams of the event after fan outrage. Nintendo instantly reversed the decision and the Melee event took place as planned. So it's nice to see a bit of uh, fighting community and Nintendo healing going on yeah. here. You know, they've they've uh, they've made nice. They've uh, you know healed those wounds. They've mended those bridges, and now we're finally getting collaborations, which should have happened decades ago. Yeah, definitely. Like the Super Smash Brothers, like tournament group and community are very very strong and large, and it's not just like. They, they they play like all the different versions of Super Smash and like Melee and all the previous and everything like that. And I know that I've, Nintendo's very, very strong handed with their IP and they obviously like to have everything under their control and, you know, under the watchful eye. So um, working with Panda Global seems like the best option, um, kind of like sourcing it out in a sense. But yeah, like it's it's good to hear some positivity and seeing Nintendo working with people. So. Yeah, hopefully it's a, a positive step because they're like protect protective of your IP and, and your your franchises is one thing, but the fact that yeah they actively go out and you know try and shut down live streams and you know flag violations for for YouTube videos and streaming content, mm-hmm. all these kinds, of, it's so tone deaf. And hopefully this is the first of many positive steps to them realizing you know what the gamers that support our titles are helping us get more exposure and showcasing these great titles to the world instead of this other hat backwards mentality where it's like, because Nintendo wants steering this narrative, it is wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very weird. Um, and the last bit of news, Miss Hart, this is a bit of a long one and I'm talking in regards to the latest uh, Activision Blizzard situation. Yeah. So I've had more information come to light this past week. So what I've done, I've grabbed the play-by-play headline points. Uh, IGN put together a really good article highlighting the, the timeline dating back to July of 2021. So I'll sort of give you the hit points, rattle them off through, and then we can sort of jump in and share our thoughts. So going back to July 20, 2021, that's actually my birthday. Uh, Activision Blizzard was sued by California over allegations of frat boy culture and sexual harassment. The next day on July 21, Activision Blizzard released a heavily criticized official statement in response to said lawsuit. The following day, Blizzard President Jay Allen Brack emails the staff to address the lawsuit. Uh, On that same day, Activision Blizzard executive and former Homeland Security Advisor to George W. Bush, Fran Townsend, sends a controversial internal email. And then jumping to July 24th, Former Blizzard executives apologize for failing employees. Uh, and then the next day on July 25, senior systems designer on World of Warcraft says almost no work is being done on World of Warcraft following the lawsuit. Then we jump to July of 2020, uh, July 27. World of Warcraft will remove inappropriate references from WoW and WoW Classic based off some uh, criticism from the fan base. 
Same day, Activision Blizzard CEO Bobby Kotick issues a response calling the company's initial statement tone deaf in regards to the lawsuit and the responses, which is funny because we're going to be talking about Bobby shortly in more detail. On that same day, on the July 27 and through to July 28, uh, Activision Blizzard employees staged a walkout and list demands. The list of demands are as follows. An end to mandatory arbitration clauses in all employee contracts, current and future. Arbitration clauses protect abusers and limit the ability of victims to seek restitution. The adopting of recruiting, interviewing, hiring, and promotion policies designed to improve representation among employees at all levels agreed upon by employees in a company-wide diversity, equity, and inclusion organization. Current practices have led to women in particular, women of color and transgender women, non-binary people, and other marginalized groups that are vulnerable to gender discrimination not being hired fairly for new roles when compared to men. Publication of data on relative compensation, uh, empower a company-wide diversity, equity, and inclusion task force to hire a third party to audit ABK's reporting structure, HR department, and executive staff. It is imperative to identify how current systems have failed to prevent employee harassment and to propose new solutions to address these issues. So uh, following that uh, list of demands regarding the stage walkout from Activision Blizzard employees, on July 28th, Ubisoft employees sign a letter supporting Activision Blizzard workout, uh, walkout and demand better from Ubisoft themselves as well. The next day, Activision Blizzard confirms that former senior directive Alex Afrasabi was fired in 2020 for misconduct in his treatment of other employees. Jumping forward two more days to July 31, Security researcher reveals Blizzard recruiters harassed her at a job fair. August 3rd, we saw uh, Blizzard President J. Allen Brack step down. Also on August the 3rd, Activision Blizzard employees form coalition, reject CEO's choice of law firm. Also on August the 3rd, Activision Blizzard holds earning call where the lawsuit was broadly avoided discussion on said earnings call. Jumping forward three more days, Activision Blizzard fallout continues as advertisers re-evaluate Overwatch League relationship. August the 10th, Activision Blizzard Investment Group criticizes the company and demands more. August the 11th, three senior uh, Blizzard devs leave the company. August the 25th, uh, HR accused of shredding documents. Just leave that one there for a second because that is big time. Uh, August the 27th, Overwatch will change name of character named after developer. Obviously, that uh, is uh, referencing McCree. Uh, September the 14th, former Disney exec Julie Hodges is hired to oversee HR and rebuild trust as the chief people officer. Uh, September 14th as well also saw Activision Blizzard employees accuse company of union busting. Jumping forward six days to September the 20th, SEC is investigating Activision Blizzard and they subpoena Bobby Kotick. September 21, Equal Employment Opportunity Commission reportedly discussed settlement with Activision Blizzard. On that same day, Blizzard's chief legal officer, Claire Hart, leaves the company. Same day again, Chaco Sunny, executive in charge of Overwatch 2, also leaves Blizzard. September the 27th, Activision Blizzard settles US Equal Opportunity Commission lawsuit for $18 million. And then uh, jumping forward a couple of weeks, October 12th, that Activision Blizzard lawsuit has hit a major snag in regards to that compensation settlement. October the 19th, Activision Blizzard says more than 20 employees have been fired following investigations. October the 26th, Blizzard cancels BlizzCon online, plans to reimagine future events. November the 2nd, Blizzard co-leader Jen O'Neill steps down from position and leaves the company. November the 16th, new report alleges CEO Bobby Kotick knew about allegations for years. 
November the 17th, former Blizzard co-lead Jen O'Neill says she was offered equal contract only after re-signing. So the backstory of that is she was brought in as a co-lead to sort of work hand-in-hand with Bobby Kotick, but she was paid a pittance compared to, uh, to what Bobby was earning. And then the latest news that's happened in the last couple of days, November the 18th, uh, Xbox and PlayStation bosses have since spoken out about the scandal. Sony Interactive Entertainment boss Jim Ryan and head of Xbox Phil Spencer have both spoken out. Ryan told employees that he was disheartened and frankly stunned at the recent developments, while Spencer said he was very disturbed and deeply troubled by the reported events. Spencer went as far to say that he was evaluating all aspects of our relationship with Activision Blizzard and making ongoing adjustments. In a response, Activision Blizzard said, we respect all feedback from our value partners and are engaging with them further. We have detailed important changes we have implemented in recent weeks and we will continue to do so. And then on the back end of this, Miss Hart, mm-hmm. we've seen uh, since two petitions pop up out there in the world. One is uh, directly controlled by Activision Blizzard employees. Um, it's well over a thousand people that have signed this petition regarding the removal of Bobby Kotick as our CEO of Activision Blizzard. And then there's another one, which is a more public petition that uh, you, I, or anyone out there can sign as far as um, showing their support and their unification behind the staff at Activision Blizzard and also then re-emphasizing the removal of Bobby Kotick. So, holy hell, I know that was a lot. Apologies, listeners. There was a lot of uh, a lot of dates there and a lot of uh, little hit points. That was just the headlines for all those dates. There is on an IGN article we'll list in the show notes of the episode. Click on there and you can see deeper dives on all those headlines I just mentioned, mm. um, highlighting you know people that were involved, situations that has unfolded. But Miss Hart, holy hell, this is just spiraling out of control. Yeah, it's like. I mean, when we saw that, like, we, because we've obviously been pretty um, up to date, we're trying to stay on top of this whole thing because it's a pretty serious, um, it's, it's a very serious thing that's happening within the studio. But I mean, when we saw that there was a settlement uh, for 18 million and that they were going to make changes and stuff, um, I, I knew that wasn't going to be the end of it. And luckily enough, it seems like uh, thanks to like Jen O'Neill kind of speaking out about her resignation after not getting equal pay um, to her male counterpart who was doing the exact role. This is like, once again, kind of like fired the flames again and put everything in the, um, you know, bright lights for everyone to remember because um, now we have learned that not only good old Bobby Boy um, obviously knew about everything for years, but he himself is a a participant. Um, He Mm -hmm. has now been um, put under allegations of like, I don't know if it's like it's like sexual harassment or harassment, but um, essentially, to overall, just turning a blind eye and once, as before said, like just knowing about all this sort of stuff, um, it, it doesn't surprise me. This these kind of things, especially when they hit HR and very serious allegations, it gets to like the big people on top. Um, yeah. Even if it's just like a memo that they get or a little brief email or you know a segment in a meeting, they know. They find out, um, and it also doesn't like 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 I said, doesn't surprise me at all to see that like he himself may be a person that um you know also uh, has harassed possible staff members or mistreated mm-hmm. them. I I like that this is always constantly bringing up the conversation of the discussion of pay and making sure everyone's paid equally. Um, the conversation of like not talking about what you're paid is um 
you know, falls more upon uh, the company trying to get away with paying people what they deserve or what they should be paid. But yeah, I, I just, I don't know what's going to happen because we saw that um, Activision put out a statement saying that they back they back uh, Blizzard's decision to keep Bobby on as a CEO and they support him. And um, there was a, like a small majority of shareholders who did request for the resignation, um, but they were only a small segment. I, I, I personally believe that the reason why they've kept Bobby on is because he, I think he knows more and he might have connections to more. And I feel like if, if they pull like, like there's a bunch of little threads in this, but I feel like Bob's one is that if he if he gets the chop, then I think it's going to unravel a lot, lot more. And I think they're scared of that. I think they're scared of that for shareholders and for the company. And yeah, that's 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 my thoughts about it. Like I think he knows more, and I think there's definitely more going on, and they're all a little scared. Yeah, I agree. He he certainly knows where the bodies are buried in this place. Like he's been there for thirty years. He's been there a long, 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 long time. So he knows of all these horrific accounts and atrocities that have been going on under his watch for a lot of it. And you know, the fact that he's pleading like he's pleading ignorance, he's like, I didn't know. This was never brought to my attention. Like, piss off, mate. Like, yeah, the the people at the top know of these situations and no doubt he and other people that have since left or that are still there and are just sort of operating in the shadows have been sweeping these things under the rug and, and protecting certain people in these positions that have been doing wrong for years and years and years. So I'm hoping I'm hoping ultimately this is going to lead to him. Like, I don't think they're going to fire him. I think they're going to make him resign so he can get a severance payout and no doubt they'll probably have to get him to sign a bit of a gag order so he doesn't start spouting all the other truths and all these other things that have been going on and the people involved but it's clear that change needs to happen in this place because this is one of the biggest development and publishing in video gaming or in in, you know creative media and you know there's a lot of good people in here a lot of people that are working there that haven't done anything wrong that are just trying to survive and earn a living and make things in the industry that they love and the sooner they cut out the rot from this place, the better. And it starts at the top and he needs to go. And I'm hoping the momentum from these petitions are going to help signify this change and, and get him out the door. Uh, it's it's going to ultimately, I think, yeah, they're going to make it an amicable thing because he's clearly too proud to step down himself uh, or, or to you know be fired. He's going to be like, oh, no, I'm going to take time away to spend it with my kids. It'll be some bullshit like that. You know, I want to yeah. focus more on my family. You know, I've, I'm proud of what I've achieved here. And he's going to ride off into the sunset, which is a shame, but it's a mess. Like we've covered a few of those main hit points we rattled off over the last few months, but just seeing that there was like 50 points there and we've maybe touched on maybe five or six of them. Yeah. And so many of the other ones that we weren't aware of that it's just constant no doubt there's probably dozens and dozens more that weren't outlined there that are just happening and, and the poor people involved that are that are getting neglected and abused and and you know trodden on and, and passed over on jobs and all this other type of stuff that's going on there is fucked and yeah oh, bobby gotta go yeah fuck bobby that's what i gotta say yeah it's just like another like um light shine on a very very toxic culture 
that is still kind of like bred and like it was never talked about it's it's hardly ever talked about of you know boys club and you know all that sort of bullshit and it's usually just kind of accepted um but then you when you hear the really really horrible stuff it's all horrible don't get me wrong it is all horrible but then there's like there is stuff in there the remarks of like sexual harassment and just overall exploitation of staff um it's just it's horrible it's horrendous Mm -hmm. um it should never it should never happen to begin with but the fact that it happened and these people who were brave enough to actually bring it up to hr to only have their their concerns brushed aside and essentially told that they you know that they it, they didn't matter essentially their concerns didn't matter and they just had to sit there they either had to sit in their place of work and knowing that the company that they worked for just did not care about them and probably feeling like they had a a target on their head after complaining mind you or you know take themselves completely uh from either a company that they used to love or maybe even an industry uh like it, it's it, it affects people in so many different ways and it's just a ripple effect um, and it just, it can't go on. And it just, that's why we need these like whistleblowers. We need these stories. We need these people to tell exactly what's happening behind the lines. And as you said, like those whistleblowers, they need better protection. Like the fact that a lot of these people that are so courageous in coming forward and telling their stories and then on the back end of that, they cop so much abuse or they don't get supported by the the company that they're, you know, engaging with HR. Like mentioned that part about um, shredding documents. There's there's some lines from the HR department saying, Oh, we don't we don't keep anything on file past 30 days. That's company policy. Mm-hmm. So some of these things, like these ongoing reports of uh, sexual harassment and racial discrimination and all these other atrocities that might have happened over years. None of that documentation exists anymore because as per this HR policy within this part of the business, they're like, yeah, we, we only kept it for 30 days and sorry, you know, it's then it just becomes hearsay. And these people that have stepped forward, you know, and showed tremendous courage and strength to do that are just left as voiceless because their their issues and the problems that they encountered and this hardship that they dealt with from a place that they're meant to feel safe and secure wash their stories away with the rain mm-hmm. you know and it's disgusting so yeah, i hope these people are made accountable i hope they get the full power and strength of the law thrown at them fines where the criminal charges can be laid on some of the things like i don't know all the ins and outs as far as the stories with some of these harassment cases and charges and and um things that have that have come to light but yeah i hope everyone gets held accountable and it starts at the top you know, culture change is required. Cut out these figureheads because, yeah, that whole boys club mentality, it has no right existing in any medium, any career, any vertical. That kind of shit is done. Throw that in the toilet, flush it away because that kind of stuff cannot be cannot be utilized in, in this day and age. Like, don't be hesitant or don't be afraid to call people out. If you see them doing wrong or acting in certain ways, whether they're sexist racist misogynistic ignorant any any type of negative aspect towards another human don't feel that you can't call them out whether it be on social media in real life whatever it is you got to hold people accountable mm-hmm. and, it, and it starts with those simply you know, like mate be better 
you know, don't talk like that. Don't use that slur. Don't use that connotation, whatever. Like, you know how that's impacting the person beside you or the person you're talking with? Like, it starts with simple things like that. Otherwise, it's going to be this Bobby Kotick experience all over again across the entire industry and then also in the industries that we work in and out in a day-to-day. Exactly, exactly. Just remember, like, you know, you may not be saying it, you may be witnessing it, but the people that, you know, are experiencing it are watching you do nothing, so... Yeah, just just know that if, if you're living these experiences, yeah, don't like it is daunting to speak up. It's not as easy as just doing that. I know it takes a lot of courage because there is fear of then being alienated and, and scrubbed out of, of that company you're working for or the industry. But like there's a, there's good people that will be in your corner. Yeah, sometimes. Mm. <laughs> yeah, and there's a lot of turds. But um, yeah, hopefully we see more positive change. Hopefully these petitions and these these governing bodies that are getting involved, they're going to start eroding more of this stuff because it, it has no right in today's society in, in any aspect because uh, it's disgusting. Mm-hmm. All right, Miss Hart, moving on to something much more positive. Tweet of the week. And this tweet comes by way of at Forza Horizon and they say, thank you to the more than 10 million Forza Horizon 5 fans for the biggest first week in Xbox history and Xbox Game Pass ever, GG exclamation point. So this is now the most successful launch in the history of Xbox with 10 million people playing this, obviously across the Xbox consoles and then also with uh, PC. Uh, it is huge. They're massive, 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 massive numbers. Yeah. I like it doesn't surprise me, but then it does surprise me because like if I was still in my kind of stubborn ways and just absolutely decided not to play this game, I would have been sitting <coughs> on the sidelines going, I don't get it. How can a game like this be so damn popular? Uh, but luckily enough, it was on Game Pass. I played it and as everyone heard, I absolutely loved it. I adored it. I, I still played it this week when I couldn't play Halo because of the <laughs> graphical issues. I was, Went for a race. I was in Forza and my favorite thing now in Forza is I'm in the auction house and I am buying your shitty cars. I am... <laughs> I am buying your shitty cars. I am buying your, your, you know, your mum's station wagon. I am buying the family van. I am buying your delivery truck. Um, I'm buying all these crazy... I love them. They're adding them to my collection. Um, it's been actually quite fun driving around in a mum mum wagon or a mum van. van so <laughs> it's been great. So these numbers, like, it, it can be a bit, you know, curious, but I understand it. It makes sense to me. It's great. Yeah, like like I know there's an appetite for like you wouldn't say niche games like you know there's a fan base that lines up year in year out where maybe all they buy every year is FIFA or something and it's the only game they buy and they turn out in droves but 10 million units in the first week. Obviously there is some skewing there with Game Pass yeah. playing heavily into that. But that is massive. That's massive. Like that's bigger than any PlayStation release this year from my knowledge. So, yeah. uh, you know, PlayStation is still outselling consoles, you know, two to one and whatever else, or maybe closer to two and a half to one yeah. comparative PlayStation to Xbox at the moment, which is awesome. You know, PlayStation are doing a different thing comparative to uh, to Xbox, but it's nice to see that a game like this, which is a, a niche genre, you might say, is so widely accessible to everybody. Like you, the non-racer, loving this. Hardcore racers loving this. 
casual racing fans loving this. It's just, it's awesome. And it's so fun to play. Yeah. Aww. Yes. Winnie agrees too. He jumped up here on the couch. You got anything to say? No? Okay. <laughs> All right. Moving on to what is happening this coming week. New releases and events. Obviously, we are going to uh, pimp the 2021 biddies as well as Festivus. That's not coming up this week, but those nomination lines are still open. So get your noms in to try and win yourself a big, big old prize pack uh, out this week. Also, we're going to have a new episode of Is This Thing On? Dropping exclusive over at ko-fi.com forward slash we are 8-bit. As far as movies and TV... Venom Let There Be Carnage is officially in cinemas here in the AU. Enjoy that. I'm, I'm going to watch it. I'm bracing for severe disappointment, but I still want to watch it. Uh, Titane is also hitting cinemas this week, which is a bit of a uh, boutique horror film that I am very much intrigued about. Uh, Master of the Universe Revelation Part 2 dropping on Netflix. So that is the recent uh, He-Man animated series. We got Part 1 what, three to four months ago now, I think. Yeah, so this is the time. second part of that, yeah. which is cool. Uh, we've got Hawkeye dropping yes. on Disney Plus this week. Yes. And we've also got South Park post-COVID special dropping on uh, Paramount Plus and other streaming services as well from a movies good. and TV standpoint. As far as games, not a ton dropping this week. Farming Simulator 2022 is dropping. Uh, Death's Door making its way to PlayStation and Nintendo Switch, as well as Oddworld Soulstorm dropping this oh, week. Cool. So, small amount. <coughs> I don't know what's stuck in my throat this episode, but it is giving me hell, Miss Hart. Hmm. Well, um, you know, I also want to kind of shout out, um, well, not shout out, but like want to discuss that obviously we saw the announcement of the Game Awards. We saw all the contenders that kind of got released. Uh, just full disclosure, I know that people probably expected us to talk about it this episode, but we thought that it was a little bit more important to kind of speak about what was happening over in um, Blizzard Activision. So, um, I mean, if you want us to talk about it, we might be able to fit it in next week. Um, but just for those that may have been a, bit, a little bit curious why we didn't talk about the Game Awards, because there's a lot there. There's a lot there to go through. So... So many, so many. Maybe we could cherry pick a couple of categories and, and maybe have a little little bet. We'll predict who's going to win a few, <laughs> as we did last year. Yeah. I, I think you I, might have won no, last year. No, I one. lost. Yes. I don't know why I'm cheering your losses. Because uh, you won. That, that makes won. sense. Yeah, it's <laughs> perfect sense. But, Miss Hart, that brings us to the end of THG 264. Anything you want to say or highlight outside of maybe, yeah, that Game Awards coverage that may or may not be coming next week? Yes, uh, G4 officially launched on Tuesday, I believe. Um, so they are now streaming on... Uh, they're on a cable service. I haven't actually established, but they are also now on Twitch. Um, go over there, show them some support, show them some love. Uh, G4, I like, I, from what anyone else knows, it was a, you know great stem of like pop culture video gaming and all that sort of stuff uh, with shows that anything relating to it so now they're back they've got some of the old they've got some new and um yeah show some support and some love and go watch their content for sure for sure and um speaking of four uh, we've only got four episodes left of thg for 2021 so next week we've got one more normal THG style, like, uh, you know, doing the news and some gameplay opinions and what have you. And then we've obviously got our Festivus special, the airing of grievances. The episode after that is the 2021 Biddy Awards. And then lastly, we're going to be covering off our favorite things of 2021. So yeah, get those Festivus and Biddy noms in 
ASAP. Noms. Obviously, you can win yourself some swag, and we just want to hear from you. We want to hear what your gaming grievances of the year were, and also your favorite things of the year, because we'll be unpacking that and more over the coming weeks. So, Miss Hart, that brings us to the end of THG 264. I think it's time we get out of here. 8 Bit Nation, thanks for stopping on by. Much love. And stay hungry. You've been listening to The Hungry Gamers, one of many gaming and geek culture-related podcasts from the 8-Bit Collective over on 8bit.net. Check out more episodes on your podcast service of choice. And while you're there, please be sure to rate and subscribe. Until next time, boys and girls, stay hungry. Thank you.